This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Bottom Line podcast from the Liverpool Echo with myself, business football writer Dave Powell. Joining me today is a very special guest, as commercial director for Liverpool FC, Ben Latty heads a team that plays a crucial role in raising revenues for the Reds, something that through Liverpool's sustainable business model has an impact in terms of what goes on on the pitch as well as off it. In recent months, the club has inked deals with a host of major blue chip companies such as Google Pixel, Peloton and most recently UPS. But why are these deals so important? How impactful will they be for the business away from just being a simple financial transaction? Hopefully today, Ben will be able to provide some of the insight into the challenges and successes of the Reds' commercial operations, as well as a look at what's to come and what has to be done to remain ahead of the game amid such fierce competition. Ben, as always, uh, great to see you, and thanks a lot for coming along. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Good to You've be here. Been, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been a busy time for yourself, uh, yeah. 2023, most definitely. Uh, most recently, we had the UPS deal. That followed on from the Peloton deal, uh, yeah. Google Pixel deal. It's been been very very busy uh in terms of commercial activity but it's all impactful stuff so i was, I was quite intrigued to to see the ups deal and, and how aside from simple just a financial transaction of this is how much a commercial deal is worth it comes in there's more to it than that so it helps with liverpool's um distribution etc and the same for, for for previous sponsorships that you have it's about more than just um the figure in terms of a company wanting to engage with the club, it's about finding kind of a, a simpatico relationship and benefit on both sides. Yeah, no, very much so. Look, I guess um, from our standpoint, look, we're, we're delighted specifically for UPS related to that question. We're delighted to be working with UPS. I think, you know, for us, it's a, it's a sign of the times that we're partnering with uh, brands of a premium nature like UPS and, uh, let's be honest are very particular about what sports properties they associate with so for us you know we're we're honored we're uh, delighted to have them on board as, as a partner and i think you know for us it's a real testament to the team that we have working behind the scenes here at liverpool um i can honestly say they work tirelessly day in day out every hour uh every hour of the day and actually across multiple time zones we talked earlier didn't we about the uh the international offices that we have now and the people that we have on the ground so that there's a lot of work that goes into these partnerships and uh to be signing a brand of, of, of stature ups is amazing as, as a club and what we should be doing quite frankly as liverpool football club um but yeah look your your point in terms of delivering more than just monetary value clearly monetary value is really important for us as a football club and the way that we run the club and we would uh we'll never apologize for talking about the sustainable business model that that we've got and uh, that we're proud of quite frankly um but i think yeah what what you would have seen probably in sort of the the, the partnerships that we announced now is a is a bit of an evolution of uh of of our model of our business model and most most of the partners that we have now actually bring more than just monetary value for us and um i think there's a few examples of that right like one is probably those partners that support us with our Redway strategy and our sustainability strategy and ultimately our commitment to build a better future for people, planet and the communities that we serve. Example of that would be someone like an SC Johnson uh, and their commitment to reduce waste at Anfield. Um, and they've come out and we've come out and said we're looking to reduce waste uh, across all of our sites by 10% each season. Um, our recycling, just as a 
point on that, our recycling rate now is not over 90%, which is amazing. When we first started that partnership, it was about 25% to give you some context there. So, you know, that's a partner that's really come in and supported us and helped us uh, for the greater good of uh, and to be aligned with our red waste strategy. Um, I guess another example would be someone like Vista, who obviously support local businesses. We've talked about that previously. Um, but, you know, their support for local community and local businesses is really important as well. And, you know, there's other examples, obviously, someone like an Expedia, they're providing free transport to uh, our away games, our women's away games. Um, and there's a number of other partners that are supporting our, uh, our drive in women's football as well, whether that's Google Pixel, Standard Chartered or AXA. So, look, every partner we we partner with now, we like to integrate fully into the club and, and provide more than just a marketing partnership and provide back to different areas of the club. I think UPS in particular is a really interesting one. Um, you know, they are going to be uh, fully integrated into our retail operations. And uh, part of that will be moving some of our retail operations into the EU with them. And uh, the benefit for that should be seen by, by our supporters and by our fans, whether that's through additional delivery options for our fans, better tracking capabilities, um, it will provide increased capacity in our UK distribution to serve our UK fans better, and also, um, you know, a simplified returns process for 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 people that potentially and hopefully not many have uh, problems with the product that they buy through us. So, that, I think that gives you a flavour of sort of what we look for now in partners, and you know, having these blue chip brands come and partner with us and provide more than just uh, a marketing partnership is really important for us, and uh, ultimately allows them to tell an authentic story as well. Why are Liverpool, or how are Liverpool been, been so so good at this, really? Um, because it's been, the, the, the nature of commercial partnerships has changed in terms of um, brands want more um, than, than just exposure on, on advertising boards, etc. now. Um, but Liverpool have really been able to, to kind of harness this moving forward, I'd argue more than, more than many European football clubs uh, in terms of having this aligned across the business and terms of all the partnerships they seem to bring bring in now, how to deliver extra value on top of that. Why have Liverpool been so, so kind of successful with that model? Yeah, I mean, I'll let you sort of determine whether we're good or bad or indifferent. Um, I don't want us to be arrogant. We're not arrogant. But look, I, I, I think we've done well and uh, long may that continue. We can always improve, clearly. We will continue to improve and... Uh, I think it'd be remiss for me to, again, to to not talk about the teams that we have working uh, behind the scenes. Um, of course, you speak to me, Dave, uh, but there is an array of people working for the greater good of the club behind the scenes and including our extended team, uh, FSM, who are brilliant at what they do in the US. Um, but look, in terms of sort of how and why we've seen success, I think and, and I've said this before, I think we've got all the ingredients that we need to, to A, have success and B, to continue that success. And I think when I talk about the ingredients, I think if you sort of think about what makes you an attractive property to go and partner with from a blue chip brand, we have, first and foremost, really strong values that we uphold and live by day in, day out. Um, I think we have respected, responsible ownership group who uh, I believe, I'm sure many others will believe that they run and operate the club in the right way, invest in the right areas and uh, in the areas that need investment, whether that's infrastructure or resource. Uh, the strong leadership team within football, uh, I think that goes without saying. 
our commitment to the women's game. Um, you know, you would have seen recently our reacquisition of Melwood, now the Axon Melwood Training Centre, uh, to provide a state-of-the-art training facility for our women's team and our uh, commitment to a one-club uh, philosophy. The award-winning sustainability strategy that we've talked about, the Redway, you know, we, we, we've sort of won awards uh, from uh, people voting externally in other areas, uh, acknowledging the work that we do on our sustainability strategy. Super skilled sales team, you know, led by the really, really super talented Kate Pratt, um, who, uh, who quite frankly, build amazing relationships with our partners and uh, installed an element of trust from the very start of those conversations. Uh, we deliver for partners, and that's under the leadership of David Paul. Um, and that's without talking about, obviously, our unrivaled reach that we have as a football club, whether that's uh, through our owned and operated digital channels or the TV audiences that we attract. I just think when you throw all of that into the mix, you know, the, the ingredients that we've got, I, I can't think of another rights holder, let alone another football club that has all of those ingredients. And I think we're seeing sort of all of that come to fruition now and uh, bear the fruits that we've deserved for a long time. You've been listening to The Bottom Line from the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel. It's been, you know, a really, really busy 12 months, but it's been phenomenally successful, hasn't it? I know um, COVID seems like a, a long, long time ago now and coming through, yeah. kind of navigating the way through through all of that, um, kind of re-engage sponsors and the uncertainty around it all. But Liverpool <laughs> kind of managed to get through that on a, a secure footing and that's provided the bedrock to to kick on um, from a good position. But in terms of the last 12 months, I mean, even by, by Liverpool standards, it has been extremely successful. Yeah, look, we've had a really successful, I was sort of thinking back the other day, like what, what's happened over or well, since since COVID. Um, and uh, obviously I've been in only in the role since, uh, well, it's about 18 months now, but certainly over the last 12 months, uh, 12 months is a long time in football, both on and off the pitches. You probably know more than anyone, Dave. But um, look, I think we have had success. Ultimately, it's how you define success. But I think when you start to reflect on what we have achieved, um, I don't think anyone could argue that we have seen seen success on uh, and, and certainly off the pitch as well. Um, I guess our, if I go back 12 months, you know, we started off the last season off the back of two extensions, really, with two really important partners for us, Standard Chart and Expedia. who renewed their uh, relationship with the club. Um, and obviously two really important ones in terms of uh, being main team partner and principal partner for the football club. We've shown that we deliver for partners in terms of renewing with the likes of Nivea, uh, Cadbury, Kodansha, sign new partnerships with Coca-Cola, Peloton, Google and UPS and a few others as well that I've most likely missed out, Sorare, etc. Um, we celebrate 30 years with Carlsberg. So again, another example of us delivering year on year for partners. Uh, the longest partnership, I believe, in certainly in Premier League football. Um, and we celebrated that with a world tour of activation as well. We've had a really successful pre-season tour to Singapore. Um, successful in many ways. Uh, our ticketing and hospitality team continue to, to uh, make sure Anfield is full week in, week out. Our retail team, uh, strong growth in, in our retail sales as well and the leadership of Mike Cox. So, um, and that's without talking about everything that our operations team under the leadership of Andy Hughes has done in terms of the Anfield Roadstand, 
and of course acquiring Norwood as well, which um, which uh, we've talked about previously. So, look, I think when you put all that together, you can only really deem it as being a successful twelve months. There's more work to do, of course. There's more work to do, um, but you know, for us now, it's sort of reflecting on that, taking the learnings from the last twelve months, and and, and pushing on to uh, to to try and get more success over the following. 12 months as well and 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 beyond that as well i suppose that one of the the great benefits of having partners who you are with with the long term who you kind of grow with and the value increases with that of course uh, is that it provides that kind of security and, and there isn't so much for liverpool more so than some other teams perhaps where there is kind of this mad scramble to go to market and chop and change and, and find new partners who pays them whoever it is it, delivers the biggest value i suppose for liverpool um they have to be selective and we've spoken about this in the past i mean the liverpool social responsibility etc um means that they have to take into certain considerations when partnering with with brands etc so they all have to align with 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 the ethos etc so um that that those long-standing partnerships um are really beneficial aren't they We're moving forward because it does avoid that scramble in the marketplace to try and find uh new sponsorships to fill certain certain needs I mean, for Liverpool that's been a, a great success yeah look we, we don't take renewals for granted right if if um if we're not delivering for our partners then they're not going to come to the table and renew with us so um although it sort of may seem when we announce a partnership you know a transaction this is three four five years of hard work from both sides from both us in terms of delivering for them and from them, you know, activating well and getting the results that they need. So, you know, I think from us, um, from our perspective, you know, we, we've put a real big focus uh, and again, under the leadership of David Paul on, on making sure we are delivering for partners. So that actually when we come to the table, uh, whether that's at the end of the term, ideally a year before the end of the term, and we talk about the future, it's not a case of if we renew, it's when we renew and how we renew. And that's really sort of what we're working on now is to make sure we continue to do that. Um, and, you know, because ultimately, you know, we, we, we can't build a commercial business if we don't look after partners and uh, and we lose partners year in, so year in, year out. So um, for us, you know, that's really important, as important as signing new partnerships um, is making sure that we're looking after the partners we've got and getting, quite frankly, a great reputation in the industry for delivering on on partners' objectives and delivering value for them. You've been listening to The Bottom Line from the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel. just want to touch on something you mentioned a little bit before uh, before about football clubs now, certainly you know, the, the major football clubs in, in world football, Liverpool, um, obviously among those, they are truly global brands. And obviously that requires, a, it, it's not so much a localised approach now, it's a, it's a global brand which requires a global team. And, and how do you manage having these kind of touch points around the globe? Because obviously there's the US, um, the Far East, etc. I mean, this but you have all these touch points around the globe, but then you're all working towards the same common goal. I mean, how how is that um, to, to kind of how does that all come together? I honestly think that's down to the leadership, Dave. And you know, I'm not sort of you know that stems from Billy at the very top of the organisation, right? In terms of sort of how we communicate with each other. Uh, how we make sure everyone is aligned to the key priorities of the club, uh, which we've done a lot of work on over the last 12 to 24 months. Um, I don't think it matters really where you are, as long as you are all pulling in the same direction and working towards the same goals. 
you know, uh, it, like location is, is, uh, it's not a consideration for us. So yeah, look, we do have people all around the world. We've got people in, in, in Asia, we've got a, a significant office in New York as well. And, um, uh, obviously our office in London and, and the main hub of, of the football club, of course, is in Liverpool. So, you know, for us, um, regular communication, uh, clear direction, clear objectives as to what we're looking to achieve and how we're going to get there. And uh, look, I don't, I don't think it matters where people are based as long as we've got the right people that are all pulling in the same direction, which I believe we do have right now. After such a successful twelve months, how what comes uh, next for the for the next twelve months? I mean, how do you what kind of focus? Because uh, obviously the, the the main ones that when we spoke last year. Um, yeah, it was kind of through the standard chartered renegotiations um, through to Expedia. So those obviously two huge deals. But obviously since then, there's been more and more added in terms of official partners. So UPS official um, logistics partner, etc. So um, what what is it? Is it more of the same for, for the next 12 months in terms of um, adding more more partners? Or is it a case of um, now we're trying to work to deliver on, on what's already there? I think both. If I'm honest with you, um, look, I think we've got to keep doing what we're doing, right? We're uh, we're getting the results that we that we want and need, but we can always do better. And that's you know something that you know not just Billy, not just myself, but the rest of the team are striving for to improve. Uh, we've got a clear strategy now of what we're working towards. Um, we've got clear club priorities that everyone is aligned to across the entire club. Um, we need to continue delivering for our partners over and above their expectations. Uh, just delivering on what they expect is is not good enough now. Um, so we need to go over and above. Uh, look for ways we can evolve, innovate, improve, um, continue what we're doing with our sustainability strategy, the Red Way. We've got you know very big uh, goals that we need to achieve. So everyone's sort of pulling in that direction as well. Continue to support the women's team is going to be really important for us. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sort of actions speak louder than words as to sort of our intent there with the repurchase, the reacquisition of, of, of the Axon Melwood Training Centre. So, look, I think um, uh, there's always more we can do. Uh, we've got a really super talented team across the board in multiple uh, locations in every single department who, you know, uh, are all, all pulling in the right direction, all pulling in the same direction. And ultimately, if we continue to drive the commercial success that we've seen, and grow that even further it will ultimately support our ambitions for both our men's and women's teams which ultimately for us is is to is to win trophies that's what we're all here at the football club to do is to support the club and the football side of the business in winning trophies i know last time i posed this question was a bit maybe a, a bit open-ended and said and i'm not Suggesting you found that crystal ball when I was asking to you to peek so far into the future about what commercial com, the commercial side of football might look like in five ten years time. But um, instead, what kind of do opportunities do you think that you see for the club and, and football in general? Maybe moving forward in the in the mid term. I mean, there's new markets uh, opening up with greatest. I mean, some some markets are in, incredibly kind of fertile now. I mean, the US being one. Um, there's yeah. new demographics coming into football. The way people consume content is different. Um, it's very much D to C, and kind of the, the importance of, of getting to know your fans on a, on a more personal kind of granular level becomes ever more important. Do you see kind of that being the general direction of traffic? 
Yeah, look, I believe so. Um, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball and could look into the future because uh, uh, that would really help us right now. But yeah, look, ultimately, um, there's a lot talked about in the industry around uh, the need for more data across football clubs. You know, we have, again, I keep talking about super talented team, but we do have a really super talented team that are working across that and making sure that, uh, you know, we have all the right uh, MarTech to underpin our commercial objectives and growth. So, yeah, look, I think that is is something that we will, of course, be focusing on as well as to yeah, how we can uh, become or, or, or continue to become uh, the leading club um, in terms of how we use data and how we use that to benefit our commercial growth. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that is absolutely key. It's uh, at the very top of the list alongside many other things, as you can imagine. But yeah, under under the, the team that we've got now, I've got full confidence that we will improve sort of and, and uh, move on and see progression in terms of what we're doing from a data perspective. You've been listening to The Bottom Line from the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel. I know that data is key, isn't it? Because it can be impactful for um, certainly for, for incoming partners or those wanting to know what kind of, you know, what the kind of reach is, who they're reaching, because people don't just want... I suppose a general broad brush approach to, to this now. I mean, the, when when businesses, big companies come to kind of activate with Liverpool, um, they come in there for for a very particular reason. Obviously, there's the global brand, there's the pull, the reach, but they also want to reach certain um, demographics and areas. I suppose uh, through an individual need. Yeah, and look, that comes down to the sort of the way that we, we obviously have our uh, partnership delivery team. We do an amazing job of looking after our partners, but. Um, they work hand in glove with our marketing team and our campaign team as well. So, you know, when we get a brief from a partner around hitting a certain demographic, a uh, certain market, uh, then sort of the, the teams come together with obviously the partner as well and work out a campaign that's going to achieve what they need it to achieve. Um, so, yeah, look, we've built the technology. We've got the tech stack underneath it. We've got the right people operating it. Um, yeah, I, I do believe we're sort of leading the way in that space at the moment, quietly, confidently. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's another area which, again, as uh, we've had success from, uh, partners use it, activate well around it, and uh, an area of focus for us to improve on over the, the next few years as well. And just a, a final one. I know, um, obviously, you've been in this role 18 months or so now, but obviously your connections with Liverpool go back further than that. Um, yeah. The redevelopment of, of Anfield has been phenomenal. You know, the main stand um, the completion has, has been kind of a bit of a game changer. And also, you know, the Anfield Road end um, will be completed in, in the coming months. Um, are these, is, is kind of the improvements of Anfield, the, the way it's developed into a world-class venue, aided kind of um, the, com- the commercial uh, element of what you do in, in any way? Uh, I think it depends where well, how you define commercial. Obviously, uh, you know, sort of, it, it will absolutely, obviously, increase our match day revenue, and uh, that's always an area that we've looked to try and improve. Obviously, the the new main stand opened in 2016, um, and this was kind of right, which was the Anfield Road end. So yeah, look, this should take us up to the magical number of, of just over sixty thousand. Who knows? Uh, that may that may or may not in the future uh increase um but like from uh, an ownership perspective and i don't want to speak on behalf of our owners but 
you can just see the sort of work that they've done at Fenway Park as well. And one of the things that they said when they came into this football club, first and foremost, was we're staying at Anfield and we, we will develop Anfield and we will make it, uh, we will develop it and uh, and keep it, keep the football club playing here. So um, they've done that. They've uh, stayed true to their word there. And, um, you know, I think we're all excited uh, to see uh, a bigger Anfield when it opens um, and see the capacity go over the 60,000 mark, which would be brilliant for everyone. And I'm just what um, on the topic of that, I know when we spoke last year, it was a, um, there was, we talked around uh, the potential for how to utilize the ground during the summer, et cetera. Uh, and obviously this summer was unable to, to, to kind of make use of that for the, due to the Anfield Road and works. Obviously next summer sees, uh, you said, oh, hopefully we'll get more big name acts coming to to Anfield and turn it into a real world class venue. And obviously, the arrival of, of kind of Taylor Swift, you only have to see the impact that um, she's had on the uh, the NFL, I suppose, in the past week by just attending a couple of games. Having that kind of uh, that that kind of act to kind of kickstart it off again at Anfield really, I suppose, helps it turn in Anfield into that world class venue during the summer months when obviously there's no football. Um, that's that's helpful and impactful moving forward, I suppose. Yeah, look, the, the the bringing sort of the world class next to the city of Liverpool is uh, we feel is important, and um, you know having them play at an iconic stadium such as Anfield is uh, you know it, it's, it's perfect, obviously for us as a football club, but we also think it's perfect for the city of Liverpool as well. So um, yeah, we've we've got uh, Taylor Swift coming, obviously for three nights. Um, there will hopefully be some more acts being uh, announced. Uh, over the next few weeks, stroke months, um, but yeah, look for us, it, it means that Anfield is a uh, is, is a is a venue that's used um, more than just outside the football season. However, of course, we respect the residents and the local community as well. So, um, you know, we're thankful for their uh, for their uh, uh, consultation as we go through as we went through that process to allow us to bring concerts to to Anfield and. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, with the big acts we've got, it's uh, it's beneficial to everyone. Everyone, obviously, fans of the artist, but also the local city and the local community as well. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Ben. It's been really insightful. Um, it's been a and a busy, busy twelve months for you. So to, to kind of get some time in your diaries, um, very much appreciated. So thanks very much, Ben, and thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we'll be back next time uh, for more insights from people from the world of football finance. Uh, business those with who are directly linked to the reds itself so please join me on the local echo website it's underscore uh, dave powell on twitter or x uh whichever we call it now but uh, for me thank you very much you've been listening to the bottom line from liverpool echoes blood red channel